Chapter Six of Grandpa's Darlings by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: Mischief. Once in a while, there came a day when the very spirit of mischief seemed to enter into Minnie. At those times, she trotted from one delicious bit of wickedness to another, not seeming quite certain which was the funniest. Mamma was sick and lay on the lounge trying to keep still. I reigned as mistress of the house, with occasional visits from Grandma to see that all went well. It was one of Minnie's mischief days. She had been through with the usual order, tipping over water pitchers and sending shoes in swimming. Twice we had rescued her from an open razor, and once arrived in time to shut the door to the cistern before misery came through that. "'I should think you would be sick!' i said despairingly to mamma toward the middle of the afternoon the wonder is that you are alive why my feet actually ache running after that child does she always act like this well said mamma turning the pillow and trying to find a cool spot for her head i don't think she uses a great deal of wisdom over the day's work at any time but she has been unusually industrious and bewildering today, I think. What is she doing now? Oh, she is quiet for once in her life. I have given her a bar of soap and a paper of tacks, and she is supposed to be building a fence around Grandpa's barn. Then we went to talking, and the small lady was forgotten for the space of ten minutes. The utmost quiet reigned in the bedroom where she was at work. Her mother had just said, I think you would better look after Minnie. I never knew her to be so still so long without being in mischief. When we heard the little voice exclaim in a choked sort of way, Massy sakes, how it smells! Massy sakes was a word that she had caught from someone and only used it in times of great excitement. Schmelz was a word that she had just succeeded in pronouncing and she didn't quite pronounce it yet, you see. "'What can she be about?' said Mamma, and I went to see. On the floor behind the bedroom door sat my little lady, her fence but half built around the cake of soap, her toothbrush hammer laying idle by her side, while she mopped her face and rubbed her dripping head with a handkerchief that was soaked through and through with benzene. "'Minnie!' i said oh minnie what have you been doing now smelling of mamma's foolery she said innocently and i wet my face with it to make me cool you know and i wet my hair with it just as mamma does when she combs it only i most guess i got too much on and it doesn't smell quite as nice as mamma's other bottle did i shouldn't think it did i said in utter dismay i'm sure i don't know what in the world to do with you what i had to do was to get warm water and soap and scrub and soak and brush the poor ill-used skin and head and hair trying to get off a little of the dreadful perfume then the business of dressing had all to be gone through with for the third time that day for once she had been in the ink and once in the water finally after an hour of hard work a meek little maiden with very damp hair plastered down over her head 
and with a faint odor still of the horrible benzene all about her went on tiptoe to tell poor sick mamma how sorry she was for this seventeenth piece of mischief didn't you see how badly it smelled asked mamma as they talked the matter over yes'm she said it smelled dreadfully much but mamma i thought it was fashionable to smell that way so i thought i would have to stand it why do you stretch your hair back in that way i asked minnie the other day when she came in from school with her hair drawn back from her temples and fastened firmly at the neck it looks very uncomfortable oh it isn't she said briskly i like it that way they all wear their hair so nowadays you know you are not quite as honest as you were at three years old or less i told her then you were willing to own that you thought the schmell was dreadfully much but because it was fashionable you thought you could stand it now you have reached the point when you are not only willing to stand it but to make believe that it is very nice minnie laughed a little but she questioned me closely about the benzine story and the next day she came in with her hair arranged in loose graceful waves though stretching back from the roots was still fashionable she is a thoughtful young miss sometimes ten minutes of penitence in the little rocking-chair beside mamma's lounge and then minnie begged to go back to her tack fence i hope you haven't given the child a hammer mamma said a new wrinkle of dismay in her face nothing more dreadful than a toothbrush i told her and she said with a laugh a toothbrush she will be using it on her teeth next luckless sentence but for that the young lady might not have thought of her next bit of work grandma had come in and i was stirring a johnny cake for tea and talking with her when an exclamation of dismay from the bedroom sent me there it tipped said minnie looking up with startled face i held it just as tight but it tipped itself and spilled all over it is mamma's odent you know i poured it into the washbowl and brushed my tooses all clean and i was going to pour it back into the bottle for next time but it wouldn't pour it just spilled all over and my apron is just as wet i should think so i said in disgust whatever possessed you to meddle with the sozodont why i wanted to brush my tooses she said earnestly mamma does you know and it just dropped so slow out of the bottle i thought i'd empty it out and put it all back again but it wouldn't go the dressing up had to be gone through with again for the odent had gone through the dress even wetting her little flannel shirt she was very meek and quiet during the dressing she always was after any special piece of mischief then she took my hand and walked slowly and solemnly out to mamma her eyes on her shoes the hem of her apron being twisted into a rope by the other hand she ought to be put in the bedroom in her chair and have the door shut and stay there until she could be a good girl was grandma's severe sentence after being told of the day's trials so i tramped the wee maiden back to the bedroom lifted her into her little rocking-chair 
and tied her in with a green cord at which she complained because her dress was red and red and green did not look well together which bit of conceit i shall have to confess she learned from me i went out and left her alone but i left the door open my heart not being sufficiently hard to shut her in it might have been ten minutes afterward that a pitiful little voice with a quiver of trouble in every note called out auntie bell why don't you shut the door why don't i what i asked coming to the doorway why don't you shut the door grandma said shut me up and you have left the door wide open there was a great tear rolling slowly down each cheek and her eyes were red as if more tears had fallen her bits of hands were meekly folded and her pale little face was very sad do you want the door shut i said she shook her head i don't want to be in here at all she said putting strong emphasis on the want but it is punishment if you know she made that word out of punishment and grandma said shut the door you ought to shut it thus reminded of my duty i did shut the door but i shut myself in and kissed away those two tears and finished the tack fence and so beguiled the time of exile that she told her mamma that grandma's punishment was nice when auntie bell was in it by and by came grandpa and to him was told the story of minnie's day of mischief he took the little culprit on his knee and held her hands in his while he told her that he had a little piece for her to teach mamma that evening at bedtime and over and over she repeated the two lines clasping her two hands together as she said the word hands satan finds some mischief still for idle hands to do why must i learn it mamma asked in a puzzled tone after minnie had conquered the lines and gone about her work nearly always grandpa's words had hidden meanings in them and mamma was searching for hers why must i learn it the child's hands are not to blame for being idle he said gravely it is your business to keep them busy if you fail to do it don't complain of satan for coming to her aid but father i said feeling that on this particular day it had been my business i did give her soap and tacks and she left them and went in search of something that suited her better yes he said still speaking gravely you have given her one thing to work with and expected her to be busy with it all the afternoon now satan knows enough to give her variety but father it is utterly impossible to keep her interested in her playthings all the time i've tried it and it can't be done the mamma raised herself on one elbow and spoke eagerly she seemed astonished to think that she was mixed up in the mischief the grandpa still kept a perfectly grave face as he answered satan it seems is able to do it i am safe in saying that the child has been very much interested in everything that she has done this afternoon i don't doubt but that satan is smarter than you 
but if she were my daughter i should make a pretty hard fight with him as to which should find work for her hands even while they were very little you do have such queer ideas murmured mamma as she sank back on her pillow but she studied that idea a good deal after that end of chapter six